It's our pleasure to welcome the great rock and roll guitarist Steve Hackett to the program, and he's here to talk about a uh, brand new album which just came out about a week ago. It's called Under a Mediterranean Sky. It is an acoustic album. Um, Steve, welcome to the show. When I think about um, you know a, a, an album like this, acoustic, Under a Mediterranean Sky, this was really inspired by you and your wife doing a lot of travels in the area, is that right? Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, she suggested the title of the album, and um, uh, of course, yes, I mean, we traveled extensively in the area, both as tourists, but then also as a traveling musician. <clears throat> I've traveled to so much of the area and played in it, so um, it's a reflection of personal experience, but, but beyond that, you know, we really think of the Mediterranean as a, as a meeting place between uh, Europe, Asia, and Africa. So there are lots of different musical influences and divergent cultures, and I hope that the album uh, reflects that. No doubt about it. And I was just looking at your background. You were born in Pimlico, and you, you went to grammar school in Chelsea, which seems rather posh, but was it posh at the time? Uh, not really, no. I think that uh, you know Pimlico uh, was on the Thames. You know, it was a very heavily bombed area in the war, and the 1960s still bore the scars of that. Um, I, it was a very polluted area, but then it was right in the heart of London, and the swinging 60s was just around the corner, and I used to have to travel up King's Road, which was really the center of all of that. I used to have to travel up and down it every day to get to school. So uh, my, my school was on the, on the borders of Fulham and Chelsea, two famous football clubs, soccer clubs, of course, and uh, very close to Stamford Bridge, where the Chelsea um, the Ch Chelsea pitch was. So you had all of that as well. Uh, lots of lots of different uh, lots of different things going on at the same time. A very straight school, but at the same time, the sixties was anything but straight. As things would explode into into color and sound. <clears throat> yes, I remember when I went to. Stanford Bridge, I got off at Fulham Broadway on the tube. So are you more of a blue or a cottager? Well, I think, you know, Chelsea was a team that was supported by not only my father, but grandfather as well. And, and I well remember the days back in the 1950s when he would come back looking like a beaten, defeated man as if he'd just lost the war, if, if Chelsea lost. Uh, of course, Chelsea's um, fortunes were to change over time. And um, they've done rather better in, in, in recent years, although, of course, um, the players at that time in the 1950s would have been all local English guys. And, of course, it's become so much more of an international sport, so it's barely recognizable compared to the homegrown thing that it was. Yes, Roman Abramovich just firing... Frank Lampard, too. Do you look back, and because I remember the old Stamford Bridge, there were cars parked behind one of the goals. And now, of course, Stamford Bridge is so you know massive and modern, and, and buying a ticket there is no uh, easy thing to do either. It's very, very expensive. Do you, do you like the progress of the giant stadia and the, the Russian oil magnate you know, putting Chelsea in the Champions League? Or do you kind of pine for those, those earlier days when it was more you well, could go down the pub? Let's put it this way. I think that Jose Mourinho, even though his personal style may have been abrasive, certainly um, transformed uh, 
the fortunes of that team. So he seemed to do all the right right things. And now you find him on on TV advertising certain things, always with an absolute deadpan, straight face. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that he, he transformed the fortunes of that uh, team. Although you know, I I don't really uh, end up going that much to uh, to that sort of thing. It's um, you know, sitting there in the cold, it's not quite sitting under the you know the sunshine in the bleachers of of an American uh, uh, baseball game. You know, it's not really uh, it's not really the same. It's it's for the hardy, shall we say? <clears throat> no doubt about it. We're speaking to Steve Hackett. So going back to 1970, it's uh, such a great story. You, you put an ad in the paper, um, and it's uh, for a band and. Then you end up with Peter Gabriel and and Phil Collins on the drums. Did you have any have Did you have any idea at the time that you were putting together one of the greatest groups of all time? Well, I think the thing is, you know, I was advertising for for five years. I mean, it's a little bit like Harvey Keitel's story about trying to get into the actor's studio, where it took him ten years to be accepted. I guess I'm lucky in that it only took me five years after I left school to to get that gig but uh, Phil had just joined the band uh, Pete was the guy who called me up and um, uh, it, it was slow beginnings to be honest we were, we were doing clubs and colleges um, and it was slow progress at first and then we did an album in 1973 that uh, caught the attention of, of John Lennon in, in New York who gave an interview and said we were one of the bands that he was listening to uh, and that was right back in 1973. The album was selling England by the pound. And I'm still very proud of that album, of course. But there have been a lot of different styles that I've gotten into, uh, both you know, with Genesis and, and, and subsequently, some of which were electric things, um, some of which were acoustic and more world-influenced um, stuff, like the most recent one. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about, too. Under a Mediterranean Sky, you work with your longtime friend, Roger King, but a lot of these songs yep. were written by your wife as well, not just coming up with the name of the album. What is that like to collaborate on an album with your uh, with your spouse? Well, um, now, Jo was trained as a, a violinist when she was a kid, and she said that she was never any good at it, didn't feel confident at it, but she always loved music, and her father played and her grandfather they seem to have been great violinists, but um, she said even though she gave up physically playing herself, um, she was always able to dream up melodies. In other words, just the top line. So um, she'll throw melodies at me, and um, and I'll sometimes get the right chords with it, and then we take it to Roger, and, some t- and then we end up um, orchestrating that stuff. So Roger is thoroughly schooled in this, uh, an example of... of um, three of us all writing something together would be um, The Memory of Myth, which is a, a Greek-inspired track, um, which starts off with unaccompanied violin, which is my wife Joe's melody, played by Christine Townsend, who happens to be wonderful on violin and, and viola. Um, and then you get some improvised guitar, then Roger orchestrates um, the opening melody, and it it sounds a little bit like some of the pieces that I'd heard from from Grieg, not Greek, but but Grieg, uh, Norwegian composer. It's got those sort of changes, kind of elemental, surprising um, sharps and flats. Very interesting. Last question for you. You know, as a kid, I always loved uh, 
Sabbath, so I love Tony Iommi. But for you, a contemporary, who was the guy that you thought, wow, that guy's something else? I mean, from Jimmy Page to Eric Clapton to, to Jeff Beck, was there a guy that you kind of thought, wow, he's, he's really the best of the best right now? Well, you know, I've had this conversation with with uh, uh, guys of, 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 of some distinction and talking to Brian May, who I worked with, and also Steve Howe. You know, we had this band GTR in the 80s, right. and I worked with Brian May a little bit after that. And the thing that everyone seems to agree about is that, is that um, Jeff Beck on electric guitar is something of an influence on everybody. That doesn't mean to say that there aren't other characters who were great, you know, Hendrix and Clapton, um, and the late great uh, two guitarists I could mention who just died recently, um, Peter Green, who I saw playing with John Mayle before he formed Fleetwood Mac, and of course Eddie Van Halen, who um, yeah. uh, was, you know, absolutely tremendous, and so it's it's sad to see the passing of those people, but the, the spirit lives on of everything they came up with. No doubt about it. We've been speaking with Steve Hackett and uh, his new acoustic album called Under a Mediterranean Sky, and we'll go out to one of those songs called Scarlatti Sonata. Steve, congratulations on the album. Thanks for being on the show, and hopefully we'll catch Thank up you so in much. the future. Great Love you talking to you, Rick. Great. Open lines the rest of the way. Come on back. <laughs> 